You're listening to The Reading Riot. or what what is going on everybody welcome back to the reading riot podcast a podcast made for readers writers and fans of short stories it's all for you yeah i'm kim your host being as crazy as ever and we're about to have a great time so my bookstagram friend Marissa is on this episode. I'm so excited. Um, she is a fantastic writer, and I cannot wait for you to listen to her short story. It's killer. It's so much fun. But before we jump into that, I thought I'd give you a little update about where I'm at with my work in progress. So I am so close to being done. It's crazy. Like, I kind of went through something kind of unexpected it, it kind of hit me that I was almost done. And it, it was almost sad. I was like, because I have put so much thought and time and love into this book that I'm writing and it's almost over. And I'm almost in mourning of it, even though I haven't quite finished yet. I don't know if anyone else who's written a book has experience that, but that's kind of what I'm going through right now. It's like, I'm not going to be able to work on it every day in the future. Like it's going to move on and it's going to be shared and, and hopefully people love it. And that's, that's going to be the new high I think I'm going to chase. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been fun and sad all at the same time finishing this story. Um, I went into it though, expecting it to be uh, just a standalone book, but it's definitely going to be a duology. I think it has the potential for the duology. And, um, I think it would round out the whole, the story as a whole. So that's the plan. So I guess I'm not going to leave my characters for too long. They, they get another adventure in another book, which I am so excited to write. So I guess it can't be that sad, right? I've got another one I've got to write. <laughs> but anyway, let's jump into this episode. Anyone who's new here for this podcast, I made this podcast for readers and writers, as I said in the intro, but uh, it's it's a podcast for those two to come together and for us to talk about reading and for you to get an inside view of what a writer is thinking, um, what a reader is thinking, and just to give both sides like an inside look of how the other thinks. Like I know definitely when I read, it's with a writer's brain. So it's, I always find it fascinating to talk to readers and hear what they love. And it, it just, it just opens my mind to how to better grow my own writing to cater to that. And anyway, so if you're new here, I interview a guest and then we read short stories and it's a whole lot of fun. And if you're also new, feel free to jump around. There is no reason to listen to my podcast in order ever. I have cinematic short stories, which are like about 5K. They're, they're longer short stories with music and sound effects if you want to go check those out. But so much fun. So many different people have been on here who are just talented, just talented people. So definitely go check them out if you're new. Hang out. Hope you stay. 
And if you've already been a Reading Riot, well, I got another wild ride for you. Let's go. Connecting guest to the Reading Riot podcast. Connection complete. All right, everyone. I would like to welcome Marissa to the show. Say hello. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a long time coming because we have talked about this for months. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, hey, you want to let me on the podcast? And you're like, sure. Uh, of course. <laughs> Anytime anyone approaches me and they're like, hey, can I be on your podcast? I'm like, fuck yeah, of course. Because like... I I love I love doing this podcast. I love yeah. partnering with other creatives and hearing their stories and hearing, you know, their writing journeys or reading journeys and I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked anytime someone's like, "Please, can I be on?" I'll be like, "Yes. Of course." Yes. So, all right, tell our listeners, who are you? Who's Marissa? Oh. oh, I'm just a girl who likes to read books and um I have a lot of creative like energy, but I've never found one sole place to focus it. So I'm like kind of jumping from place to place and bookstagram found me. I didn't find it. And it's <laughs> it's been really fun to just like see all the different creative outlets there is available on bookstagram. And then the mm-hmm. community is just so supportive and fun and Obviously, you get to read books and people don't think you're weird for doing it. So Exactly, cuz you're <laughs> you're with your people because Yeah. It, once I also found like the bookstagram community, I was like, "Oh, I found my family. Like I found yep. peeps that get me, that sure. love and cherish stories and books and understand that when you read, you're not just reading, you're like living another life and mm-hmm. getting to explore a side or a world of yourself that you've never known." So yeah, it's yeah. A, it, reading is the best. Reading yes. is the best. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're a big reader, but you said you're a yeah. writer. So, like, talk to us about that. What's your journey with that? So, I actually first started but my Bookstagram account because I wanted to get into writing. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved writing since middle school. We had um, different like assignments in English class for creative writing and literature. And I, um, went a little crazy in school and I was that person (laughs) who's like, if I wasn't reading, I was writing. And I've had so many stories like in my head of like, I'll come back to this someday. And like 17 years passes, and I'm like, it's still in my head. I could still come back to that at some point. <laughs> but, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that. And I think for mm-hmm. me, even I had been daydreaming about my first book without knowing it was going to be a book. I just kept having like these cool scenarios in my head. And I was like, dang, that would be a cool story. But it never occurred to me that I could be the one to write it. So mm-hmm. I, I daydreamed about it for, I don't know, five, six years. And then I was like, what, what am I waiting for? Like, let's do it. And it kind of was like a moment when I was driving down the road and I was like, I'm going to write a book. And it like almost hit me. Like it was like a really cool feeling where I I was like, I'm finally on the right path. And I didn't even know it. Like, it was like, I was wandering, boom, there I was. You arrived. (laughs) (laughs) So are you working on a book currently or like what's, Um, what's, what's going on? Yeah, so I started my bookstagram, made a couple of reels of like very vague 
really short, not even snippets, just like concepts. And then I got tired of that. And I was like, oh, I'm not really getting any traction in the five days that I've been here. So I'm just going to go to the readership side of bookstagram. Um, but I do have uh, probably like five different word docs started in my Google drive of like, this idea popped into my head or these characters stopped by and I need to figure out who they mm-hmm. are. So they're floating around. I kind of start things and it's like a really strong start. And then I'm like, okay, let's take a breather. Think about it. Cause I'm pantser all the way. No, mm-hmm. no planning whatsoever. So I'm like, I'll just wait for the next part to come to me. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, how, how do you, how do you do it? Do you daydream a lot? Do are you inspired by movies or books? Like how, what gets you going again? Yeah. So Usually after I like get a a concept, I just in my brain, I'm like, this is the vibe. And it's usually in terms of like either images or music. So then I make like a playlist and I'll be listening to that playlist nonstop for like three months and then just be like, oh my gosh, this is the headspace. This is where I need to be. And then I like, I'll work on it a little bit more. But so far, most of it is like, the starting point of that mm-hmm. initial idea I write down and then it just goes in the pile of <laughs> back to it. <laughs> so so I do don't really have a return process yet. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, okay. So what, what books are like your favorites? Like who, who's the authors that are, are inspiring you to write? What first got me back into reading last year was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Yes! Like that is one of my favorite <laughs> books. Cannot talk about it enough. Go read it if you have it. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Go reread <laughs> it if you have it. <laughs> okay, continue, continue, continue. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being uh, excited. Yeah. And then uh right after that one I read Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. <gasps> Another I know. Yeah. You're so on my level, girl. (laughs) Like, those are some of my favorite bugs you're talking about. I know. I feel like you talk about them at least every other episode. I can't help that. I'm I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone listening. It's the recognition they deserve. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, I think a lot of books get overshadowed overshadowed by some of our you know the cults mm-hmm. now following series yep. like court of thorns and roses um but you know <laughs> th- it those books are amazing too they're just a different story mm-hmm. and it oh gosh i love them so yeah much. so yeah. so tell me more tell me more um so i read the night circus by aaron morgan Stern. morgan stern mm-hmm. And it's just, I actually read that a little while ago, so I kind of don't remember everything, but it's just such a different plot than what is popular. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually do need to reread it because I just got a new copy of it. But, um, I mean, I've really gotten into indie authors, so like Tricky Magic by Lexi Campbell. Oh, my gosh. The Vernon series by Marlo Locker. So excited for the next one to come out on that. I'm dying. (laughs) Um, Leaves May Fall by Carissa Hardcastle and everyone on Bookstagram's favorite Hellfire by Muriel Pomerelli. 
Dang, um, those are all good recs. Yeah, just like <laughs> the A team. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I really hope that you find a story for yourself that really sticks with writing because I know personally, I constantly am getting new ideas. Mm-hmm. But I force myself to be like, mm-mm. No, ma'am. That's for later. That's for later. <laughs> or I would never get anything done. I swear I have like 20 plus books in my head and I'm like, mm-hmm. not today. I, it's, yeah. I know you're excited, Kim, but not today. Not today. <laughs> finish, finish, finish. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what I lack is the discipline. I'm just like too much of the creative. I hate to do, go with the stereotypical like flighty, like we just go with the flow and the creativity is not flowing today. So we're not going to work on it. And yeah, I need to like sit down and be like, okay, if you put yourself in that space, you can actually get some writing done and then it will come to you. So, yeah. And you know, there's oftentimes myself where I don't feel like writing or I really doubt like myself and I'm like, is this any good? And I noticed that I had to work through those moments and just write anyway, even if it was for 10, 15 minutes, because the Mm -hmm. next day, I swear, I would reread it and I was like, oh, I was, I was good. I was on the same page. Like whatever was going on upstairs (laughs) was just messing me up. But, um, honestly, it's, it's, it's all about just figuring out like what works for you. But also it sounds like you just write for fun too. Like is your mm-hmm. end game to write like a full book or do you just do it for enjoyment? Yeah. I mean, some of the stories I've had just like, they, I swear they literally just barge into my brain and they're like, Hey, what's up? And they like <laughs> grab a coffee from my kitchen and then they're like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me the best visual. <laughs> that was great. That was great. (laughs) So, yeah, I would like some of them. I'm like, I want to know, like, I'm just like readers. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to know the end of this story as much as they Mm -hmm. do. So, like, I do, I, I let my job take a lot of my emotional energy. And so I always just feel super burnt out. So I, once I can learn that balance or find a better situation, I would love to at least get one out there because since I was six I've known I've at least been a storyteller and I would like Mm -hmm. to be able to get that out in the world somehow of course and you know your first book doesn't have to be some 90k book you can start at 40 or 30 or like do a small little one just Mm -hmm. to just to you know dip your toes in the water see how it goes like and you know I'm a big pantser myself but I think the biggest thing that helped me complete my first book and then the one I'm almost done with is I you got to have beats. It's okay to mm-hmm. pants everything in between, but as long as you know where the book is going to go and end, I think you're able to get there. Like mm-hmm. for me and all the stories I kind of have planned out, the first thing that I always try to figure out, okay, what's my end game? How's it start and how's it going to end? And then from there, you kind of, then you can play. You can allow your pants yourself to be like, whatever, man. Let's, let's go. You want to go that way? I'm in. Like, so yeah. I think that was, that would be my advice for anyone who feels mm-hmm. like they're struggling with just getting, just getting going is just have the most minimal beats possible. If it's just like one and two, how it starts, how it ends. Boom. You're good. Like that, that, that could change everything. Cause at least you for know sure. where you're going. 
Like, do you want your characters to die? Do you want them to fall in love? Do you want them to be the big baddie? Do they overcome something mentally? Like, it's just all about figuring out what you want your character to achieve by the time you're Mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm a romantic, so they're going to basically end all the time. (laughs) Listen, happy endings for everyone. (laughs) I can't even help myself. (laughs) So sorry. Sorry in advance, y'all. It's going to leave you feeling warm and tingly. Yes. (laughs) You might hate the story then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell me how you're writing your short story for this podcast went. I want to know. Um, so, you know, from my DM that I wrote almost twice the number of words that you asked me to. <laughs> I, did, I did see that. is <laughs> um, on brand for me because our first writing assignment in middle school with a short story, everyone else's books, like books, quote unquote, like whatever. Their little stories were like six chapters. I wrote 26 chapters. No. <laughs> okay, hold up. So if you do that for a short story assignment, I'm sorry, but you got this in the bag. You got writing a book in the bag, bro. Yeah, yeah. Whoever, I think it was um, C.S. Lewis back in the day, like he got paid by the word. So like he would just like go nuts. Go ham. Yeah, it was him or yeah. J.R. Tolkien. Um, and they were like, wow, you have like super long colorful descriptions like yeah because he got paid by the word so that's so interesting i didn't know that yeah oh so i can't guarantee it's all like gonna be great story but i i can write <laughs> dude i can know I've, I've been looking forward to this especially when you were like i'm already done and i was like what like i am terrible i will write these short stories for this podcast like Sometimes two days before to even the day of. Like, I'm terrible. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I always do it to myself, but I'm like, yep. I think it's been a mix of balancing my job and just trying to find that time to write because other things come up, you know? Yeah. Okay, so the prompt is, I said get in now. All right, girl, your choice. You know the drill. Do you want to go first or second? Um. We'll let you go first, and then I'll come in and crush people after your H-E-A. You're listening to Short Stories with Kim Riot. Enjoy Bookworm. I said, get in. Now. I glare up at Talik, a mighty orc with scaled green skin and a fierce fanged maw. He frowns down at me from our rickety cart when I don't comply. You know you're bossy, right? I point out. This only makes him huff. (sighs) Get in, my lady. We must move on. Move on? I sassily cross my arms and raise a brow. We just found the map. It's a day's ride to Serpent's Trove, and you want to move on? You, an orc who loves treasure above all else. He snaps the reins, making our sweet donkey Monty start down the road. I block the cart, halting Talik in his tracks. Got nothing to say, huh? I ask, looking around our lackluster steed. He growls, hating that I can read his mind. He wants that treasure as bad as I do. So why is he hesitating? You're not worth the risk. Ah, there it is. Yes, yes, my mighty protector. Look, I get you swore your magnificent axe to protect me in return for freeing you from the gallows, but this quest is non-negotiable. It is too dangerous. 
True. I do suppose the giant viper guarding the loot is considered dangerous. And heavily guarded. Yes, the 20 guards who pledge their life to protect the trove could be an issue. I squeeze my eyes shut and try to come up with a convincing argument. But that's why I have you, Talik. You can take on at least half. He glowers. And leave ten for my lady? No. Would you stop with the my lady and call me Kaylin for crying out loud? Yes, my Kaylin. I groan. Ugh. I guess Talik's possessive use of my isn't going anywhere. I sigh as I run out of options. Orcs are stubborn as hell, and it's nearly impossible to convince them to do anything they don't want to do. But I know a dreamer when I see one. Someone who longs for adventure and riches beyond their wildest dreams. That's why I saved Talik in the first place, and paid his extremely expensive fine that almost got him killed. Didn't seem right when I saw a little bit of myself in Talik, staring out of the prison bars, eyes lost in the blue sky. I hurry to his side. What if we get some help? Who is worthy to be in your presence? Hey now, you know I'm no one important. <clears throat> I'm only the sister of the queen, I muttered to the ground. But hey, don't get it twisted. I'm one of the best swordsmen in the kingdom. You are still a princess. Semantics. Then who do you seek? He gruffs out. Only a mile away is the Lost Traveler Tavern, and there I hope to find the man I'm looking for. I put my small hand on top of Talik's huge one. Please, Talik, all I'm asking is that you meet this incredibly legendary knight, and I swear you'll be convinced he's the right fit when you do. Giving my best puppy dog eyes, I hope to play on his heartstrings. I know I've won when he fights back a sneer and huffs. <laughs> yes, my le... He begins, but stops as I narrow my eyes. My Kaylin. Lovely, I say in triumph. Talik helps me into the cart. I don't fight my growing grin as he snaps the reins and we are on our way. With luck, we'll make it come nightfall. The Lost Traveler is a favorite stop in the wild woodlands for all thieves and troublemakers. As a plus, Hilda, the owner of the tavern, happens to be one of my favorite people. She'll know exactly who I'm looking for and won't ask questions. Talik handles the cart while I walk unhurriedly inside, pulling the hood of my cloak over my face. I find it's best to not shout from the rooftops that I'm a princess. And unfortunately, the kingdom knows my face. Whether or not I wanted the royal title, it was forced upon me at birth. And there's no shaking it now. Thankfully, with the cover of night, I slip in unnoticed. The lost traveler is full of buzzed patrons who are content with drink. Most are in deep conversations of a scheming nature at dimly lit tables while a group of drunk men sing and dance by the bar. A violinist enables their drunken stupidity by playing along with their folk songs. I spy Hilda, who smiles wide behind the counter and offers my preferred mead without question. I take a long swig to take the edge off. All right, spill. Hilda snaps, getting straight to the point. I lean forward. Dominic Harp. You seen him? Hilda rests her elbow on the bar and tilts her head. Well, wouldn't you know, Kaylin, he happens to be here singing your praises. I frown at her before I recognize the melody the drunk men are singing. Ugh, it's a song about me. One man leads with the verse, playing a small harp tucked under his arm. 
Her hair is long and the color of gold. Her lips are red and brilliantly bold. If one is lucky to steal a kiss, her heart be yours, you better not miss. Her name is Kaylin and she's a beauty, but still a princess with a duty. One can hope to be her prince, but watch her sword and never wince. I tip Helda handsomely and chug my mead. With a skip in my step, I waltz over, pulling my sword from its sheath. Not allowing Dominic to begin the next verse, I swiftly slice the air, letting my sharpened blade rest against his chin. The violinist halts on the spot as Dominic freezes in place. If you fear the princess's sword, I should probably warn you of mine. The chorus of men all blink as if woken from a dream and wander back to the bar to refill their drinks, leaving me alone with Dominic. Hello, Dominic Harp. Ah, <laughs> he gulps. So it seems you've heard of me. I need a moment of your time, I say, dropping my blade. Dominic clears his throat. <clears throat> Honestly, after that introduction, I'd rather not. Talik stomps in and stands behind me. He snarls and bounces the butt of his axe against his palm. Dominic's eyes go wide at the sight of my backup. I insist, I muse. Next round's on me. Together we sit in the corner of the room, shrouded in shadows. Dominic chugs his mead and watches us warily. You two seem like a ferocious pair. What do you want from me? We need you for a quest. And that is? He asks before taking a sip. We're taking the serpent's trove. <coughs> he chokes. I'm sorry, what? I smirk. I take that as you've heard of it. Dominic leans in and speaks low. Of course I have. So has every thief in this place. Hate to say it, but you've got competition. I'm not worried about that, I reply confidently. I can see why, Dominic glances at Talik. But you do know the treasure is lost, right? No one has a clue where it is. We do, Talik growls. So, he speaks. Fancy trick. I snap my fingers, bringing his attention back to me. Are you in or out? Dominic refills his cup from the pitcher. Sorry, lass. I know my reputation is legendary, but I made a vow. I can only serve the princess of Rosebend. The day she comes to ask me for help, I must obey. Currently, I only work for myself when it suits me. Is that so? I ask, growing amused. Yup. She saved my life as a kid and, well, stole my heart in the process. He places a hand to his chest. I vowed to stay out of trouble until she wanted to cause some. He smirks at the memory we both share. Hopefully, someday my damsel will call. Until then, I'm of no use, so sorry, must be off. He stands and begins to walk away. I suppose I'm ready then. He stops and glances over his shoulder. To cause some trouble, that is. I pull back my hood to reveal my face. Dominic immediately drops to his knees before me and starts frantically kissing my hands. Princess, it's you! Oh, calm yourself. He does no such thing, continuing to cover my skin with kisses. Enough! Talik barks, and this finally snaps Dominic out of his kissing craze. Sorry, just have dreamed of this moment for so long. I smile. Then let's not waste another moment. As the afternoon rolls in the next day, we arrive at Serpent's Trove. Just as the legends foretold, 20 guards stand watch at the entrance tucked away in the hidden narrows of the high trap mountains. We crouch nearby and I tell the men my plans. 
I'm halfway through when Dominic pats my shoulder. Don't worry, my beautiful princess. I can handle it. Dominic, get back here, I snap. I look to Talik, who lets him leave. No doubt, because Dominic was singing nonstop the entire journey and has tried Talik's last nerve. Ugh, I huff at the two of them. I have to trust Dominic knows what he's doing, considering his rumored skill. But instead, I'm stunned as the knight just strolls into the clearing and greets the guards like old friends. Hello, you fine gentlemen. What is he doing? Talik looks as shocked as me. You dare to enter the serpent's trove? A guard sneers. Why, yes, actually, Dominic confirms. Then you shall die, another guard declares as they pull out their weapons. Dominic has the audacity to chuckle. Oh, no, not today, my friends. He holds out his harp and begins to play, and of all songs, he chooses to sing mine. The guards look just as baffled as us. You found this fool to be worthy of your presence? Talik asks. The guards begin to move in on him. <laughs> okay, so you got me there. Go! Talik and I charge and surprise the guards. Together we take them on while the idiot Dominic continues to play and walk towards the entrance of the trove. I swing my sword, ending most guards before they have a chance to fight back. Talik uses his strength and size to knock most to the ground, slicing those brave enough to face him with his axe. One guard has the chance to grab me around the neck, but I use him to kick my feet into another before flipping him to the ground and stabbing him through the chest. Just as the song comes to the final verse, Talik and I finish the rest of the guards. I stomp over to Dominic, breathless. <sighs> what the hell was that? He doesn't stop singing, but I notice his breath catches at the sound of a hiss. I slowly turn and find a giant snake peering out of the trove. Its long tongue flicks the air and its head bobs to the melody of his song. I ready my blade, but Dominic steps in front of me, blocking me from the snake. Slowly, the giant viper slithers out, and before it can strike, or dare I say, dance to the melody, Talik's axe slams down, cutting the head clean off. It falls before our feet, its fangs bared with drops of venom plunking to the ground. Told you I could handle it. I glare at him and then at his harp. You bewitched the snake, but not the guards? Dominic frowns then. Well, isn't that what the two of you are here for? I mean, I can only hypnotize one species at a time. Before I can lay into him, he sweeps me into his arms and kisses me. I'm so stunned by the unexpected kiss, I stare at him wide-eyed. Surprisingly, I'm not mad. He pulls away. No need to thank me, princess. Talik growls, suddenly standing nearly on top of us. You call her Kaylin. Gently, I push Dominic back and gift him with a wicked smirk. And you better not forget it. The end. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is so cute. Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I kind of wasn't sure if we were going into monster romance territory with Talik. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of rooting for that, but not mad. <laughs> yeah, you know I have I mean? been I have been reading a lot of Ice Planet Barbarians, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it has all the things, a sassy FMC, a really funny like 
companion who's like super funny, but is the brawn and the muscle and, but he's got brains and just a sense of humor. And then, uh, Dominic, sorry, name's just like, <laughs> you're good. Leave me immediately. Dominic is just, uh, he's got that confidence and that cockiness. And like, uh, I really want to punch you, but I also really like you. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I was going for. <laughs> like he's a charmer that kind of needs a reality check a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like your head's a little too small, too big yeah. up there. For oh my gosh. Yeah. This story, I would have, oh my gosh, I would have loved to turn it into a book. Like, cause yeah. it would have just been really fun. I think the reason I was inspired to write it is I just saw Dungeons and Dragons, the new movie. <gasps> Oh, I want to see that so bad. Oh, so good. Anyone who has seen it, go see it because it's it's exactly that vibe where yeah. it's really lighthearted, like, and there's a comedic relief to it, and it's just a really well-rounded story, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of action and adventure, and oh, I was just obsessed with everyone in it. Everyone was so yes. good. So yeah, this was kind of like a love letter to Dungeons and Dragons. And just how fun I had, like, watching yes. it with my with my neighbor. We went and we were screaming, just <laughs> screaming at how hot everyone was. And we're like, oh my gosh. I swear, yes. we were probably the loudest <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> Another short story coming your way. Oh, hell yeah. I said, get in. Now. That steely command and her name were the only two things Erin could remember. Erin found herself under the penetrating scrutiny of the tall, raven-haired woman in front of her. Black-tipped fingers snapped Erin from her thoughts. If you don't get in there right now, we're going to have much bigger problems than your memory loss. The woman gestured towards the open sewer hatch in the street, and Erin realized with disgusted horror her intent. There's no time to explain, and I can't have this conversation with you again. Erin opened her mouth to argue, to flat out refuse to even entertain the notion. The woman in black grabbed her hand and cut off her train of thought. They're almost here, and the only way you're going to remember any of this is if you come with me right now. Erin thought her shoulder was going to separate from her body as the woman yanked her into the street toward the yawning maw of the city's underground, where she was quite certain not even Alice would venture. Did I just make an Alice in Wonderland reference? The other woman gestured to Erin to begin her climb down the metal rungs that lined the walls of the sewer entrance. Just as she was about to protest and possibly question the wisdom of going into the sewer with a stranger when her mental faculties were impaired, the woman's gaze shifted past Erin's shoulder and her dark eyes widened. That goth biker wannabe bitch pushed her! One moment, Erin's feet were firmly planted on solid ground, and the next, her stomach was forcibly trying to exit her body through her throat. Swallowed by the darkness of the sewer below, Erin focused on keeping her internal organs inside her body, a very difficult task when gravity was centrifugally pushing for the opposite. She found it impossible to scream. As panic overtook her entire being, her focus landed on the rapidly dimming light source above. She could just make out the form of the woman jumping feet first into the hole. As her continued descent finally snuffed out the light above, Erin felt a new horror take hold as she wondered when she would hit the bottom, how many pieces of her body would be found, or if she would even be found at all. Through the shadows, a distant voice calls out, Take your time with this one, V. It won't matter how long you have her. I know where she'll be when the cycle resets again. 
Aaron's feet met solid ground. She blinked, blinded by the beam of a cell phone flashlight that illuminated the tunnel ahead. Come on, we have to keep moving, the woman said as calmly as though she were suggesting they get iced instead of hot lattes at Starbucks. Aaron's words echoed several times. Oh, no, I'm not going anywhere with you. You just pushed me down a manhole. I'm sorry if you missed the lesson on what not to do to people you've barely met in the vicinity of an open manhole in basic human concepts class, but the gist of it is don't do it! Her adrenaline-fueled breathing settled slightly before the woman reached out and took Aaron's hand in the gentlest gesture they had shared, which wasn't much, but it was a small comfort. Aaron, I know you don't understand any of this, and I'm sorry I haven't been able to sit down and write out the whole timeline of events that brought you here. The woman's grip on Aaron's hand turned to iron. But we don't have time to sit and chat over coffee and pastries while you mentally catch up with the absolute clusterfuck that is your entire existence. The sound of boots thudding on concrete bounced off the walls as the woman turned on her heel and started a brisk walk down the tunnel, once again leaving Aaron in the encroaching darkness. So if you don't mind, I'm going to keep us moving so we might actually get to see another day. Now, if you're capable, start walking and I'll explain what I can on the way. Feeling as though she had no other choice, Erin jogged after the woman, turning the corner she had just taken before the faint glow of the flashlight disappeared from view. Okay. Erin huffed, partly in annoyance, but mostly from being winded from the exertion. First question. Who the hell are you? Erin glimpsed the smirk that curled the woman's mouth. Your nightmare. The woman's eyes danced with mirth as if she were daring Erin's to withdraw the question. After waiting a moment for the punchline that never came, Erin rolled her eyes and scowled. Don't you mean my worst nightmare? Or are you so bad at everything that you even failed at being the worst of the worst? I'll give you this. If this is a dream, you're certainly my most annoying nightmare. The woman chuckled. Chuckled! And Erin immediately updated her mental notes that this woman was indeed her actual worst nightmare. I've been the shadow that watched you sleep and painted the pictures of your deepest fears for you to drown in. The nightmare spun to meet Aaron's gaze. I know every corner of your mind, the things you've hidden from the light of day, from monsters and make-believe tragedies to your deepest terrors and fears. I have observed and experimented on your sleep for your entire life, and I know what could have you cowering in a corner and screaming in agony. As she spoke, the woman's teeth flashed in the muted light, and Aaron could not help but imagine that they were elongated, bang-like even. Obviously, it was a trick of the shadows and the absolutely batshit crazy talk this woman was spouting. And yet, Aaron could not stop the shudder that climbed up her spine one vertebrae at a time. Okay, nightmare. Aaron drew out the word in an exaggerated drawl. Why on earth... Is that a reason for me to trust you and follow you? Actually, you pushed me down this dark-ass tunnel. This really is a nightmare if I'm lost in a maze of sewers with a psychopath. The woman, nightmare, chuckled again, although this time her features were back to normal human proportions. Darling, that's precisely why you should trust me. I'm a creature of darkness, and I know all of your deepest fears. So if I tell you that there is something else that you should be afraid of, you should pay fucking close attention. Damn, 
Erin spoke, all trace of snark and credulity erased from her tone. What scares a nightmare? The woman slowed her pace, finally turning to face Erin, her eyes bearing the exhaustion of a much longer life than Erin's, despite the youthful features of a woman close to Erin's meager 29 years. Even the shadows have their fears, and it is the same fear for all creatures of the dark. The woman took a deep, calming breath as though she could cast out the agents of this entity of terror with her lungs. I know him as Eli, though most of my kind would argue that being on a first-name basis with the creator of nightmares would excuse me from falling into this fear, but it is because I know him that I am afraid, because I know the truth, the reason he made the nightmares and continues to send them to torment people's dreams. The nightmare shuddered at her last words before turning once again to the tunnel ahead, forcing Aaron to follow close behind as the weight of the surrounding darkness bore more heavily on her senses. The woman. Nightmare? Aaron wasn't sure if she could wrap her mind around seriously accepting that title. They rounded another turn, and the outline of a metal grid stood bathed in daylight that filtered from the apparent end of the tunnel on the other side. A few more steps revealed a gate in the grid with a rusted padlock on the closure that looked as though a soft breeze could make it disintegrate, Raiders of the Lost Ark style. Upon reaching the gate, the nightmare turned to face Aaron again, pocketing the cell phone that had guided their path. We've reached the end of our time tonight. Aaron looked the nightmare dead ass in the eye, hoping to pin her with a look that conveyed exactly how ridiculous that sounded. I'm sorry, you lost me at the part where it's night? when it's actually day, and all the other shit you just said. The nightmare smiled sadly, leaning back against the tunnel wall with her hands in her leather jacket pockets. I can't go beyond this gate, but you can, Erin, if you want to wake up. What the hell are you talking about? It's the middle of the day, and I've been awake. You're in a dream, Erin, or more accurately, a nightmare. We wouldn't be able to have this conversation if you were awake. I'm sure every part of you is wondering why you would choose to stay, but I need you to listen. If you leave, if you choose to wake up right now, you will forget. You will not remember anything that happened here, and you will continue to live in this cycle of waking and dreaming, just like everyone else up there. The nightmare pointed a long, black-tipped finger to the space above their heads. Erin studied the nightmare's face, taking in her earnest, hopeful eyes. Why would I want to remember this? What happens if I choose to stay? She had not intended to ask the second question. Erin didn't even know she had that question. But now it was the most important answer that she sought. The nightmare bit her lower lip, as if her next words bore the weight of so much more than Erin's sleep cycle. And strangely, Erin understood that was true. If you stay, the nightmare's words released on a breath barely audible enough to echo once off the tunnel walls. If you stay, then you can break the cycle. What does that mean? Why do you keep saying you break the cycle by becoming the nightmare? You can take back your dreams and never be afraid of them again. Aaron interrupted. Why would I want to become a nightmare? Panic and fury heating her blood. You said yourself that nightmares are still afraid of something. What's so great about being someone else's nightmare when I can just wake up and forget? How do I get out? Let me leave. I want to wake up. 
Aaron, please listen to me. No, you said I could choose to wake up and that's what I'm doing. I want to. The deafening silence of the empty tunnel swallowed the rest of Aaron's words, leaving the nightmare alone. Her body slumped against the tunnel wall in defeat. She imagined that if she were still human, she might be crying right now, or at least have shed one or two tears. Before she could push herself off the wall to head back down the tunnel, a voice purred from behind her. Oh, my little nightshade, you don't deserve to wake up. The end. Oh, the, oh, the nightshade nickname already? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Ooh, you love more. God damn it. <laughs> Gosh dang there it. There was more and I had to cut it. <laughs> Damn! You should just had you keep going. That was so good. Oh my god! Oh, I I loved how sassy Erin was. Like she was a mm-hmm. good time. Like someone I would instantly like be good friends yep. with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna sound so weird, but I feel like I envisioned the nightmare as the chick from. At- Atlantis. Yes, I'm referring to the cartoon, the bad blondie in that movie. Oh, when I was closing my eyes, listening to you read your story, that's who I envisioned as the nightmare, which was so weird and random. (laughs) Um, I love that energy for her. (laughs) She looks more like the lead singer of Dorothy. But yes, that's amazing. (laughs) But that bad bitch energy is there. Yes. (laughs) Oh, like the masculine tight kind of outfits that are like Mm -hmm. still like edgy and sexy oh my gosh yes yes yeah no I loved it I loved it like so she was given a choice but not really (laughs) not really not really no but she I mean you have such a short time to make that decision yep yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was the same with my story. I wanted to kind of give more of a background on Dominic and Kaylin's relationship and how they knew each other when they were young. But I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I don't have time. I don't have <laughs> fucking time. We need to get to the trove. We need to get where the snake is. Like that. That that's unfortunately on the agenda because I was like, I, yeah, I, I can't get too caught up in all the so- subplots. And that's what you mm-hmm. got to give up in these short stories is you're not allowed to kind of dive a little deeper. Yeah. But yeah, you just need to make like a special episode every once in a while. Of, like we're going for like a long story. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why I have my cinematic short stories. So normally for these podcasts, I tell you guys to write between like 1500 to 1800. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my cinematic short stories that I've done in the past, I've done um, a, re- a sleeping beauty retelling. So a kiss yes. for sleeping beauty. And that yes. was 5k. And then I did a joyride to planet terror, which was, yeah, a sci-fi romance with my husband. He did the voice of the male character, and then I did my um, Christmas one. That was all. Yes. so. Those were all five K. So you definitely feel like they 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 you get more information. I feel like mm-hmm. you, you're allowed to play a little bit more in the backstory, and and yeah, so it gives you <laughs> it gives you more time to let the story unfold. Yeah, dude, this was so much fun. Like, did you have a good time? Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, I will be breaking in next week to hang out again. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're going to be like, no. See, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're going to, no, we'll definitely do this again. This was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that like, 
you find a story that you love and want to finish because you mm-hmm. have such a great prose. You really do. Yes. You really do. You really captured my attention. I really was lured into the story and I really want to know what freaking happened. <laughs> so it's like, whatever you choose to write, whenever the time feels right, like I just know that like people want people will want to read your stuff. Like you're yeah. a talent for sure. Thank you. For sure. Especially your voices. Like <laughs> get out of here. Like you're just as committed as me and I'm so here for it. Yes. So here for it. I don't normally get to do that. It's like I'm hanging out with Kim. Oh my gosh. I can just go nuts. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know what I've learned as I've gotten older? I was like, I just like to go all in. I, I'm, yep. I'm not, I don't care if it's embarrassing or I make a fool of myself. That's the, be- it, let's do it. Yes. The crazier, the better, right? Yes. <laughs> I love it. 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 (laughs) Catch you later.